Welcome to the Common Round. Medical education for medical students by medical students. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And joining us today is our executive producer, Gautam. Today we'll be talking about an introduction into lymphomas and we are super excited because you know when I was learning about this I was really overwhelmed to be honest but now I'm you know I'm really keen to sort of clarify and demystify this disease to a to a to a certain extent obviously it's very complicated um well do you want to kick us off Andy I, yes. I think before we talk about lymphomas let's just differentiate leukemias and lymphomas leukemias lymphomas they're not the same thing are they no they're not yeah so leukemia emia you've got blood in it so so it's essentially an abnormal collection of white cells in the blood as a general rule obviously some of these leukemia cells can you know let's say in aml they can go into the gums right Mm -hmm. but that's you know the exception we're talking about blood cancers in the blood right hence blood cancer but what about lymphomas okay so lymphoma on the other hand it's we're we're talking about lymphoid cells once again but Mm. this time we're talking about them being involved in either primary or secondary lymphoid tissues or lymphoid organs um and which raises the question what is a primary or secondary organ yeah exactly i think half the challenge about this topic is actually going back and revising immunology <laughs> no. um, we'll hopefully do you know a series on immunology yeah. as well but not now let's focus on um, hematology first yeah. so yeah the question is you know what is primary and what is secondary do you want to maybe talk about primary let's go for it so primary lymphoid organs uh, we're referring to either the bone marrow or the thymus where um, bone marrow is where b cells are developed and thymus is where the t cells are developed Major, yeah uh, in, in essentially in a nutshell in yeah. its simplest form Lymph- and i guess yep Secondary lymphoid organs are all the other lymphatic t- lymphoid tissues. So lymph nodes, your spleen, um, you know, uh, mu- uh, mucosal associated lymphoid tissues as Malt, well. So yes, pies, pa- patches and things like yes. that. And your lymphatic vessel as well. Very good. Let's talk about lymphoid tissue because that's really important. I think if we, don't, if we don't talk about this, then you can't make sense of any of the other stuff we're going to talk about in future okay. lectures. Yeah. Can you describe the actual lymph node? What does it look like? Okay. So I'm picturing it as a little P-shaped thing with lots of... Um, vessels like lymph vessels attaching onto it yeah so you've got uh it's got a fibrous capsule that surrounds it and you've got these afferent lymphatic vessels that go towards it they will drain lymph uh, fluid to it and then once it gets filtered throughout the lymph node they get drained out to the next lymph node via an efferent um, with an E, efferent uh, lymphatic vessel. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so then we can try dissect into it and yeah. have a look into it. So let's go in a little bit. So what's so underneath the cortex? Uh, mm-hmm. The cortex is kind of your um, um, beneath the cortex. You have these trabeculates, right? You yes. have these sort of fibrotic sinuses that direct the flow of lymphatic mm-hmm. tissue. Yep. And within you know, with around the cortex, you have primary follicles. And you yep. also have secondary follicles. So I think in primary follicles, you pr- predominantly have naive B cells. Yep. So these are B cells that are matured. They just haven't been exposed to an antigen. Yes. Once they're exposed to an antigen, yes. they form the secondary follicle. Yes. And that's where they undergo somatic hypermutation. Do you want to mention what that yeah, is? Yeah. So it's like, okay, so each B cell is unique to fit an antigen. And so it creates this generic but yet unique kind of um, a receptor. And let's say by chance it meets its perfect match. But it's not exactly perfect. It, it kind of fits, but it, it's not entirely perfect. So that's where somatic hypermutation occurs. So this is a rearranging to make that match fit even better. Yeah, that's beautifully put. Yep. And I guess the combination of your secondary follicles plus mantle cells. Now, 
it's interesting because mantle cells are very rarely defined in terms of what they are. Yes. But they're B cells that are not actually participating in somatic hypermutation yes. because they haven't been exposed to their antigen, that specific antigen that, mm-hmm. that has been expressed. Mm-hmm. And so the combination of secondary follicles plus mantle cells forms the germinal center. Yes. Once these cells undergo hypermutation, then they can then form memory cells and plasma cells, and the plasma cells produce the, you know, those antibodies mm-hmm. that we discussed. Yes. And as you mentioned, they, um, the lymph node travels through into the um, the lymphatic fluid travels through, goes into the medulla, which is the inner core, and then yes. exits through the efferent. Very good. But can you tell me what sort of... So we mentioned in the cortex there are B cells. What yep. what about yep. around the cortex called the, the paracortex? Par- in the paracortex, you'll find T cells. And then in the medulla, in the center of this whole lymph node, the, the central part called the medulla, you'll find uh, macrophages as well as plasma cells. Yep. And so, exactly. Uh, there's a reason why we're talking about it. Just because essentially, depending on the region of the lymph node, or like different types mm. of uh, looking uh, lymphomas occur. Don't give away the, this, too much will, of the I surprise. Will, will, okay. uh, just before we move on from that, so you, you imagine you've got a circle, and in that circle, that's the follicles, right? Around yes. the circle, we mentioned there's the mantle. Okay. And around the mantle, you might also find the margins. And then around that, is, you know, you get very close to the cortex. It's, it's very hard to visualize, so please have a look um, at... Um, uh, on, on the internet for images yes. or even um, in one of your immunology textbooks. Yes. But that's what you uh, expect to see. Yes. And they're important, like you mentioned, because they relate to lymphomas and you know different lymphomas that you might come and see. So that brings us onto the topic of lymphomas. There's two main ones that we need to, two classes of lymphomas that if we need to know. If you've watched House, you would have heard Hodgkin's lymphomas. Yeah. And I guess if you've known, if you know there's Hodgkin's lymphomas, then the rest are all non-Hodgkin's lymphomas. Yeah. Uh, quick quiz, which one is the more common one? I would have to say... Um, it is going to be uh, non-Hodgkin's. Yeah. Oh, too good. Yes, ninety yeah. percent. Lucky guess. Of lymphomas are all non-Hodgkin lymphomas. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> now this lecture is all about principles, right? It's about setting the foundation. So let's not go into the nitty gritty yet. That's okay. for the next lecture. Yep. Let's talk more about principles here. Principles. So Hodgkin's is less common than non-Hodgkin's. Hodg- Non-Hodgkin's is far more uh, prevalent. Yeah. You tend to see um, Hodgkin's more commonly in males than females. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got unfortunately a relatively high mortality rate compared yep. to non, uh, compared to, sorry, Hodgkin's lymphoma. What is so special about these cells though that you see? Um, I, I hear they mimic, or they're, they're somewhat mature. Is that right? So essentially they are regular B and T cells that go through their usual lifestyle, uh, well, their, not lifestyle, their stages of different uh, development throughout their life. Um, unfortunately, for some reason, they will develop a mutation and they'll stop developing and, and they will acquire a mutation that also makes them proliferate a lot. So you've got these uh, rapid growth of T cells or B cells that have not completed that are not completely fully mature yeah they just just kind of stop at a particular maturation point right Mm -hmm. some of them might be lucky you reach complete maturation and then something happens and then sometimes they're halfway there and they just stop or even at the very beginning yeah so depending on so it's the basic principle is depending on the stage that they're developed at what stage they are that's what uh, disease that they're going to be classified as yeah yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then, like you mentioned, you've got B cell uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and you have T cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah, I have to admit, we're just going to be focusing on B cell because T cell is extremely rare. Okay. If you want an example of a T cell lymph- uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma to look up, you can look at mycosis fungo- um, um, fungal days and also anaplastic light cell lymphomas. But we're not going to. It's not going to be our topic. It, we 
just don't have the time to go through it. Yep. So let's B cells. Yeah, exactly. So an example of some B cell cell lines include diffuse light cell lymphoma, follicular lymphoma, Burkitt's lymphoma, and mantle cell lymphoma. And that's why mm. it was important for us to talk about what the, the bit of the physiology of it. Yep. Exactly. Okay. What are so like? I think the WHO has got a classification system. Right? I don't think anyone calls it WHO. The WHO. WHO. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, we can call it WHO. Just call it WHO for, for the, fun. The WHO classification. Um, so three three main categories, right? So indolent aggressive and highly aggressive so we're talking about basically how how aggressive this mm. this cancer is um, yeah this particular one is going to be and so indolent ones include uh follicular lymphomas small lymphocytic lymphomas whereas the highly aggressive ones would be a burkitt's lymphoma yeah that's right mm. um, and i guess an aggressive type is which accounts for about 50 percent of cases is the diffuse light cell b lymphoma yeah and i guess because that accounts for about 50 percent, that's why the mortality rate is probably not the best either because mm. a high portion of them can be um somewhat aggressive yeah um there's also another way of classifying it andy um yes and i'm not sure how routinely this is used but it's worth us mentioning it for mm. you know complete coverage yes um, do you want to go through it? Sure, why not? So the alternative way was to look at whereabouts this um the the cell was um, last mm. found or like the mature where it stopped kind of maturing. Yeah, yeah. So it could be either pre-germinal center. So we're talking about some naive B cells. So that would be a chronic lymphocytic lymphoma. Kind of, yeah, yeah. And then um, on the other hand, you could be in the germinal center. A low grade one would be a follicular lymphoma. It's low grade because it's relatively indolent. Mm. Whereas a high-grade, more aggressive type would be the uh, germinal center subtype of a diffuse large mm. B-cell yep. lymph- lymphoma. And if we're talking about a post-germinal center uh, lymphoma, which is a B-cell that has fully matured, um, we can talk about m- multiple myeloma. which That's a whole topic on itself. Yeah, it involves plasma cells, yep. so surprise, surprise. Or the ABC subtype of a diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. Yeah. There's also <coughs> like three conditions that you always need to be uh, on the lookout for. Oh, yeah? And that's HIV, okay. Epstein-Barr virus, and autoimmune uh, oh, conditions like SLE. Lupus. Yeah, like lupus. Because yep. these conditions have been associated with development of lymphoma. So always keep that in the back of your mind when you get this unusual case okay. know, of a patient and with that might have some of these infections, especially sure. EBV. EBV has been associated with a lot of these Jeez. lymphomas. Yeah. And also with non uh, with Hodgkin's as well. Well we'll we'll talk about in our next talk. Okay. What are broadly speaking some of the symptoms that patients can present with? Usually they aren't they asymptomatic? Most are, yeah. yeah. Un, un, until you know things get really down down the line. Okay. But they can have lympho uh, lymphadenopathy, so they can have an enlarged lymph node, particularly in the supraclavicular lymph nodes that they can present with. Yes. Um, they can have organomegaly because the spleen might then proliferate because all the B cells can aggregate there as well, and they yes. can the uh, lymph the spleen can enlarge. Mm-hmm. You can have B symptoms, B and symptoms. that's important. It's the the very sort of non-specific where you can have fever. Weight loss and night sweats. When you see the the triad, be on the lookout for blood cancers in general. But, sweats. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But specifically um, lymphomas, and you can also have um, <coughs> unusual. You can have this disease going into unusual sites. So you can have it, let's say, in the CNS, where okay. it can cause nerve compression. Yeah. You can have it, let's say, in the tes- uh, the testes. Yeah. And that can. And both of these sites are protected by a barrier, so they can be problematic for treatment. Yes. And I guess in some of the subtypes, you can have metabolic complications because they can infiltrate the the bone okay. and cause bone degradation, uh-huh. particularly multiple myeloma, and that can lead to hypercalcemia, yep. for example. Yep. How do you 
diagnose it, Andy? You could also you could start off with examinations, and so you would examine the lymph nodes for lymphadenopathy or yeah. enlarged lymph nodes. You would look in the cervical area, axillary, inguinal, epitrochlear, so on the um, elbow joint, um, occipital area behind the behind the head. You could look for uh, telltale signs of organomegaly, such as hepatomegaly, splenomegaly, or you'd look out for like extranodal signs yeah. in the CNS, uh, abdominal masses, lungs, thyroid, breast, testicles. Look so around. there's a lot of sort of physical exams that you have to perform. <coughs> yeah. Um, in terms of other more invasive procedures that you need to probably do, a fine needle aspiration might help, but yep. we've been advised that it's not necessarily the best approach okay and we'll tell you we'll, we'll explain why yeah um and that i guess helps differentiate reactive versus malignant and we'll talk about what reactive is reactive means that it's not i guess so sort of cancerous cause it's more something else that's you know, an infection for example that's via causing reactive. a enlarged lymph node yeah okay that could be doing it sure but the reason fine needle aspirations are not useful and always excision biopsy so where you take the entire lymph mm-hmm. node out sure is important is that remember how we mentioned about the architectural Yes, where you might find the various it was types. Quite important to diagnosing the, uh, yeah. the what it what it was. So, so you need to actually look at the location yeah. in a, and in order to have a look at the location, you need to have a complete uh, lymph node, right? Because that does make sense. in a fine needle aspiration, remember some of these cells could be actually fully matured, right? Yes. So how do you know whether that's an abnormal cell or whether it's a reactive cell? You don't. Yeah. So you need to have an excision biopsy. Okay. And bone marrow biopsy might be of some value in the subtypes that uh, that infiltrate the bone marrow. An example of that being um, CLL or multiple myeloma might be relevant in this context as well. Okay. Are there any other diagnostics that you might consider or diagnostic approaches? I think there are. There is a couple. Um, mm. So I guess uh, like other procedures to help in diagnosis would be looking at his- histologically, oh, okay, which yeah. mentioned sure, in core sure. biopsy. Yeah. Looking at the size, whether it's a small cell, so a small lymphoma versus a large cell yep. lymphoma. So all these names kind of make sense. Mm-hmm. The architecture, whether it's diffuse or follicular, and also whether they, you have Reed-Sternberg cells present. And that's relevant for Hodgkin's. Hodgkin's. Lymphoma. But we'll talk about Hodgkin's in okay. our next talk. Reed-Sternberg. Okay. Oh, no, you what else it. is there? So you've also got... You can look at the cytogenetics of it just to see, just to basically look at uh, translocations yep. and possible mutations that that have led up to this uh, the the lymphoma. Mm-hmm. Um, you could also do the fluorescent in situ hybridization or fish tests, which look once again at the cytogenetics to, uh, but this time it uses techniques the fluorescence to actually visualize these translocations. Yep. That's right. Um, then, we won't talk about cytogenetics in this talk. We'll talk no. about it in the next one. Um, one very important one is the flow cytometry. And yeah. What's the significance of that? Well, flow cytometry, what you're doing is that you're getting an antibody, you're, you're tagging it with a fluorescent yep. chemical, and okay. then you're attaching it into for, for specific CD markers on these cell types. Yes. And so it enables you to differentiate whether you have a B-cell lymphoma or whether you have a T-cell lymphoma. Yes. And so what the reason why this is important is that you need to distinguish what you have in order to guide your treatment principles. Yes. On B cells, what you tend to do, all B cells will have CD19, CD20, and CD22. And this is extremely important. And I think in our course, we've been examined on this in the past. So I recommend you guys appreciating the importance of this. 19, 20, 22. That's right. Yeah. And in the T cell lines, you have from CD... I think, is it CD2 to CD8? Yes, something yeah, like that. Something like that. I forgot to mention, in the B cells, you also have kappa and lambda light chain. I think we should talk about why this is important. So on, on your B cell receptors or any antibody that's produced by B cells, yes. you have a heavy chain. Heavy chains and light chains. And the light chain. Yeah. And the light chain is either composed of kappa or lambda. Yes. And so 
that's why you tend to see that on B cells because they have B cell receptors. Yeah. Um, and so you expect to see that in there as well. Mm-hmm. But in addition to those, if you, so once you've got B cells, you need to see what type of, what, which of the cell lines within the B cells are affected. Okay. For example, CLL and mantle cell lymphomas express CD positive. CD5 positive. CD5 positive. Yep. CD10 is predominantly seen in follicular lymphomas. Okay. And CD5 and CD10 negative are seen, let's say, in hairy cell leukemias or splenic marginal cell lymphomas. We're not going to really talk about that because they're not as common. Um, yep. We'll focus mainly on CLL and follicular lymphomas in, in our next talk. But, so essentially, flow cytometry, the tagging of these antigens, are very important to distinguish what type of cell and which type of cancer we've got. Yeah, exactly. Let's yeah. finish our talk by kind of defining what we mean by conality and what very we mean important. by reactive versus malignant as yep. well. Because I think we, if mm. you don't understand this, nothing's going to make sense yep. in the next talk. Yep. So what's clonality? Clonality is just looking at, you've got a whole bunch of B cells that, let's say it's a B cell lymphoma, and you've got in front of you a lot of these B cells. And so the first question to ask yourself is whether if these B cells are all from the exact same parent or not. And that's basically what clonality is. Let's say if the body produced a bunch of B cells, but they all were from different parents, mm. then they are they won't be an exact copy of each other. Yeah. And so that yeah. means it's polyclonal. Whereas, let's say, if it all arises from one particular cell, for example, like cancerous, uh, of a cancerous origin, then you would expect all of these clones, uh, all of these cells to be very similar in each other, and that that's what we would call a monoclonal. Yeah, um, exactly. And origin. that happens for reactive <coughs> infective conditions as well, right? But Usually they would be polyclonal and effective. Unless yeah. the antigen in that cell, uh-huh. unless they react to a particular antigen on the surface of the organism that is okay. causing the infection. But Good that's what we need to distinguish between the two. Yes. But the important point is we mentioned Kappa and Lambda for another reason as well. Yes. In a polyclonal population, which is yes. your normal population, generally speaking, yes. you should have a three Kappa to two Lambda sort of ratio amongst our, so, in a diverse population of B cells. But when you yeah. have poly, uh, monoclonal, that ratio is completely out of whack because you just have one cell type dominating and that cell type could express just kappa light chains on its surface and so you're going to see the ratio of three to one change to like suddenly 10 to one yes that's why it's important so that's why we mean what we mean by cornality and now we need to talk about reactive versus malignant so what um is i guess the reactive or what uh, features are reactive well I'm associating reactive with infections, right? So yeah. let, let's say if you've got an infection, it's not surprising that your um, lymph nodes would be enlarged. Mm-hmm. So uh, would that be a reactive reason for a lymphadenopathy? It could be. I mean, uh, lymphadenopathy is, occurs in both conditions. But okay. the distinguishing factor is that in what lymphomas, sometimes you can disrupt the architecture of the, um, the lymph nodes. Okay. Whereas that doesn't normally happen with um, reactive conditions. In reactive conditions, you might get hyperplasia, Okay. But not disruption of the follicles. Okay. In addition, when the cells undergo somatic hypermutation <coughs> in a normal cell, mm-hmm. in, an, in a normal uh, infect, infection, for example, yep. a lot of the cells that have in an undergoing hypermutation where the receptors are not good enough mm-hmm. because it's a kind of a chance process, yes. are destroyed by macrophages. Okay. Whereas in lymphomas, there's no macrophage present because these guys are just going berserk and proliferating excessively. Yes. And as you mentioned, these cells in lymphoma are going to be predominantly, uh, they're going to be essentially monoclonal, overwhelmingly. Yeah. They're going to be monoclonal. And so that's how you can tell them apart. Cool. So that's really important. Let's finish off the talk by mentioning the um, Ann Arbor system for staging. Do you want to quickly go through it? Why not? So there's four stages. 
And stage one is when there's an involvement of a single lymph node in a uh, single lymph node region or a single extra lymphatic site. And a stage two classification would be when there's involvement of two or more lymph node regions on the same side of the diaphragm. And uh, stage three is when the involvement of the lymph node regions become on develop on both sides of the diaphragm. And then stage four, the worst stage of all, is diffuse extra lymphatic diseases. So for example, it would develop into, so outside the lympho lymphoid tissues now into liver, spone, uh, liver bone, <laughs> spone, bone, liver bone. Must be getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> bone marrows, lungs or skin. That's right. Um, so that's it. Yeah. Um, do you want to add anything else for the intro before we dive into the actual I think cancers? there's enough for people to digest and yeah. um, get ready for the next episode. Exactly. So um, buckle up. We're going to go for a ride. Oh, yeah. um, thanks, guys. We'll, um, as always, if you have any feedback or suggestions, do let us know. Um, we always love to hear from you. And um, stay tuned for our next episode looking into the whole clinical nature of these diseases, which is really exciting. So um, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to our Common Rounds podcast. You can find all of our episodes, notes, elective experiences, and much more content on our website. So come visit us at thecommonrounds.wordpress.com. And see you next time.